Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian nation. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Righteous Lord, we give you glory. We are gathered again under your feet. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will make your mind revealed to us in Jesus' name. And you will make your mind impacted unto us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, for answer prayer. As we proceed in this study, we ask that uh, you will show us the light of your word and the interpretation of it with accuracy. Thank you, Daddy, for answer prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. The church can say a louder amen. The youth in church can say a better amen. God bless you. Have your seat in his presence. Now, for three Sundays now, we have been looking at the topic managing the boiling youth with the ultimate target that we're going to pick transgenerational lessons from the relationship between Jethro and Moses. However, since we started, the emphasis of the teaching, particularly in the last two studies, had centered on the harsh economic policy of Joseph. We heard it against Joseph that is indiscretion contributed in no small measure to the reason the Egyptians in retaliation unleashed horror on the people of Israel. And for 400 years of slavery, they were under that bondage of the tax master. Joseph had earlier in history for 30 years bear the rule of authority, the rule of influence in the land, and uh, it's clearly recorded that he did everything he did in favor of King Pharaoh and in favor of the children of Israel, which actually impressed the Egyptian. And when they had their own opportunity, they unleashed horror on the people of Israel. So today we are going to continue still drawing transgenerational leadership lessons on how the outgoing generation should live for tomorrow. How the outgoing generation should live for tomorrow. So, before we actually get to the issue of discussing Moses and Jethro, it is important that I draw our attention to the fact that Joseph's economic policy was just incidental. It's important that we draw that theological balance. That Joseph's economic policy regarding the suffering of the people of Israel for 400 years in the land of uh, bondage was just incidental. There's a more fundamental prophetic reason for the 400 years of slavery that must not be ignored. And so we're going to uh, make that essential clarification uh, this morning. 
So we're going to look at uh, the role Jethro played in helping Moses to manage his anger eventually, but let's make that essential uh, clarification. So it's important to clarify that the 400 years of slavery was actually a prophetic agenda that would still have happened with or without Joseph's leadership error. So the, the degree of, of the hostility may differ. But whether Joseph did what he did or he didn't do what he do, still it's, a prof, it's on the prophetic calendar that the people of Israel will be in, in Egypt for 400 uh, years. Let's look at Genesis chapter 15. I take the reading from verse 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and lo, an horror of great darkness fell upon him. This was Father Abraham when he was still trusting the Lord for a child. He went to the place of prayer, he made sacrifice, and after making the sacrifice as uh, ordered by God, the scripture recorded in verse 12 of chapter 15 of the book of Genesis that uh, a deep sleep fell upon him, and uh, an horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a salty, that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs. And shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation, whom they shall serve, will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. You will discover that all of these two eventually happen. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come either again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So, Generally, negative prophecy of this nature always follow the law of cause and effect with human actors at the center of its fulfillment. Hello? Prophecies of this nature, okay, in spite of that it has been prophesied, okay, it will still follow the law of cause and uh, effect. You will still be able to implicate something you will still be able to implicate uh, somebody. You will still be able to give it a scientific analysis that this happened as a result, okay? As a result of that, another thing also happened. I'll give you another example. It's on the clear prophetic calendar for the salvation of mankind that Jesus must go to the cross. Are we together? So, but eventually, we can pinpoint that there was a man among the disciples of Jesus Christ that betrayed Jesus. So, offense will surely come, but it's not a word to him by whom it comes. My prayer is that in this your one life, you will not leave it to fulfill a negative prophecy. So, it's already... A prophetic imminence that the Israelites will be there for 400 years. 
But however, prophecy will still follow the law of cause and effect with human actors at the center of its fulfillment. My prayer is that at the center of fulfillment of the glorious prophecy concerning this nation, you will be an active player. In the name of Jesus, you will not be part of the mess that is going on. In the name of Jesus. So, even from here, the story of Father Abraham, how he went to that place of prayer and he received that uh, prophecy, we can still draw transgenerational leadership lesson. Why? Because it's so clear that we can pinpoint the failure of Father Abraham to intercede for a reversal or evocation of that divine judgment. Hello? When you read that entire Genesis chapter 15, okay, you will just discover that uh, the prophecy was given. Father Abraham received the prophecy and he just allowed it to lie low like that. The same Father Abraham, as we proceeded into chapter 18, we discovered that he has a grace. The grace that he had with God as a friend of God to be able to persuade God in the place of prayer. We saw him do that when it comes to the issue of God wanting to go and destroy Sodom and, uh, and Gomorrah. But in this matter, Father Abraham was told, your descendants, for 400 years, they will suffer. But you don't matter. In your own case, you will go into your grave at a good old age. Is it because God said he will go to his grave at a good old age? He will have good life. He will have plenty of cow. He will have plenty of cattle. You know, the scripture mentions how super rich Father Abraham was in his time. Was that the reason he could not even raise a prayer and say, God, 400 years, my children, children will suffer. He didn't do that. And I found a junior brother in him, a, a junior brother of him in King Ezekiah. Ezekiah was told too that his daughter will go into slavery because of the error he committed. How did Ezekiah respond he said, good is the word of the Lord, since there will be peace in my own days. Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 20. 20. 2 Kings chapter 20. I'll take the reading from verse 14. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Ezekiah, and said unto him, What said this man? And from whence came they unto thee? And Ezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thy house? And Ezekiah answered, All the things that are in my house have they seen. There is nothing among my trail that I have not shielded them. And Isaiah said unto Ezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the day come, that all that is in thy house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. 
nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy son that shall issue from thee, without shall beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuch in the palace of the king of Babylon. Now verse 19. Then said Ezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord. Church, in all of this that I have read that will happen, to the descendant of Ezekiah, which one of them is good? But look at this case. Good is the word of the Lord, which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? So the reason he judged it good is because so long it will not happen in his own time. And Father Abraham, I cannot see a man who live for tomorrow in this contest. In King Ezekiah, I cannot find a leader who lived for tomorrow. In our contemporary time, this spirit, this evil spirit is still at work. I put it here. I said, transnational leaders will not borrow money and spend it on luxury as some African leaders are doing. Any leader whose borrowing surpasses investment in infrastructure that can bring about economic development is not possessing a transgenerational positive mindset. And such is selfish and wicked. Just keep borrowing and borrowing. And when you borrow the money, you are not building laboratories. You are not building better classrooms. You are not equipping the school. You are borrowing the money for consumption. You are borrowing the money for luxury. You are borrowing the, you are borrowing the money to organize independent anniversary banquets. And so on and so forth. You are borrowing money to have to have, uh, to have uh, 20, 25, 30 fleets of car on one-man entourage. And generation unborn, okay, we have to continue to pay the debt. Well, this is, by the way, let's get back to the issue of how Moses survived the 40 years he spent with Jethro before God finally endorsed him to go and lead the people out of bondage. So Moses and Jethro, the focus has been that. Managing the boiling youth, the example of Moses and Jethro. So Moses became so angry. He mismanaged his anger. He had the reason to live. And uh, trusting the Lord, putting his destiny in the hand of God, not knowing what tomorrow will be. So in that interim, he became a, a fugitive. He needed a support system to survive. Glory to God. He found solace in Jethro, a father figure, who did so many things for him, so many positive things for him. So we're going to itemize some of those things. One, 
Jethro provided asylum for Moses. He welcomed him. He accommodated him. Notwithstanding the reason that made Moses to leave Egypt. A system of injustice ejected him without looking to the cause of his provocation. Another system gave him the opportunity to develop and fulfill his destiny. The system he left, the system of Egypt, is a society that, that, that wanted to punish him for his excesses, but refused to identify with his pain. A system that is only punitive, but not corrective. A system that wants good behavior, okay, without actually building morals into the youth for whom they want good behavior. You see, any society that complains about the excesses and fraudulent activity of the youth without providing them the platform of Legitimate sources cannot get it right. Are we together? A society that complains about the excesses and the fraudulent activities of the youth without providing them the platform of legitimate sources cannot get it right. You want, you want to recruit more soldiers? You are recruiting more policemen? You are recruiting more security agencies to make people to, to behave. But actually, you are not creating avenue of making legitimate weight available. You will not be able to curb criminality and frontline activities that way. Up together. So, if EFCC is arresting youths for being involved in fraudulent activity, prosecuting and committing them to jail, how much has the system improved the National Youth Service Corps? Okay? In such a way that after that one year of national service, these youths are not thrown into the unemployment market, roaming the streets. Are we together? Everything now is CBT from nursery school level. All youths are carrying Android and other sophisticated uh, devices. Computer science the learning of computer science has gone, has gone beyond algorithm and all those uh, <laughs> elementary learning in computer science. Now you have cyber science and all of those things. So the youth have, have got training in all of those areas and there is no any productive engagement and they are hungry. Not just hungry for food, they are hungry for sources. Hello? 
I've also seen situations whereby some youth will misbehave and get caught in criminal activity, particular fraudulent activity, maybe theft. And then the parents will begin to say, the young man has aspiration that is bigger than food. He's hungry for success. Am I talking to somebody? I'm not here justifying criminality. Okay? But I am appealing to the sense of responsibility in the leadership. Everywhere today we have motivational speakers. We are telling them they can make it. We are telling them they should make it. We are challenging them that they should not die as mediocres. And they are not ready to die as mediocres. They have received the challenge. Where is the atmosphere? Where is the opportunity? Okay? That will make them to be able to legitimately put all of those things they have learned into good use, positive use. So if EFCC is arresting them, prosecuting them and committing them to jail, how much has we improved the National Youth Service Corps? What has happened to the National Development, uh, uh, National Directorate of Employment? What kind of capacity are we building into them? And after we have, we have built the capacity into them, how much have we empowered them to be able to establish themselves? And such similar institutions, how much have we improved and empowered those institutions to be able to create opportunity of gainful employment for this youth? Thank God for Jethro. When Moses arrived, he arrived with only his rod, with a criminal record. But Jethro saw beyond the criminal record. Exodus 26. I mean, Exodus chapter 2 from verse 16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the trough to water their father's flock. Verse 17. And the shepherd came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian deliver us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us, and watered the flock. And he said to his, to his daughters, and where is he? Such a productive young man, I want to meet him. Such a productive and helpful young man, I want to know him. Where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Look at the result. I mean, look at the, the spirit of Jethro. When you hear that a young man is doing very well in the study and he has made a first class in your neighborhood, you take time to ask, where is the young man? Bring him, I want to meet him. I want to chat him up. I want to see what I can do. Okay? Maybe give him a check, a 10,000, a 100,000, a million naira. 
But today, look at our our, the, the kind of competitions we do for young people. If it's in the area of academics, okay, it's one chicken change like this. What, what kind of reward system do we have for good conduct? Do we recognize intelligence, good conduct, ethical behavior, and reward it? What are we rewarding in our system? So when the report came to Jethro that a young man helped us, Jethro said, no, you can't keep that kind of a young man, okay, away from me. In the inner circle of our leaders, who are the ones that are there? Hello? Who are the brains around the inner circle of our leaders? Are they those that have the intelligent capacity to contribute positively to nation building? Or those that are there and all the idea they have is how to siphon the phone? How, how to run down the system. And he said unto his daughter, and where is he? Why is it that he has left that man? Call him that he may eat bread. Managing the boiling youth, the Moses and Jethro. This was the intervention grace that kept Moses on the track of destiny fulfillment. If he had fallen into another company, he would have failed woefully to fulfill his destiny. And I think we should, we should also be able to identify that even in these scriptures. The, 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 the first set of people he encountered were the shepherds. Shepherds that have no respect for the, for the female gender. Let's read it. And the shepherd came again from verse 12, say, Now the priest of Media had seven daughters, and they came and drew water, and filled the trough to water their father's floor. And the shepherd came and drove them away. You see the category of people that uh, Moses fell into their company. Now, after Moses had helped the daughter of Jethro, this daughter left him outside. So he would have continued with the company of those bad shepherds. And of course, after some time, okay, the righteous spirit in him will be weakened. Hello? Are we together? The possibility that that righteous spirit in him may be weakened. And then he will start to sing the song of if you can't beat them, you do what? You join them. So supposing Jethro didn't do what he do, what he did, Moses will remain with those bad shepherds. You see, a lot of you who have turned out well, okay, we have responsible elders who will bring them closer. And guide them, and mentor them, and tutor them, and show them the pros and cons. 
But we don't bother because they are not our biological children. We exclude them from the opportunity to grow unto greatness. But Jethro will not do that. Jethro said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that he have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. So, we are not actually sure whether Moses took him into confidence about the reason he left Egypt or not. Nonetheless, Jethro took the risk of accommodating him. Gave him food. He gave him shelter. He didn't stop at that. We're going to, to see many other things he did for Moses. However, in this story, we must take note that Moses too did not get everything wrong. Even in his anger, Moses did not get everything wrong. So when he left Egypt, he became a responsible adman, man, a responsible family man. But those were not the only options available to him. He had the, he had the option of also joining those bad shepherds that had no respect for the female gender, that used their strength, okay, negatively to intimidate others. They were using their strength negatively as touts. So, as a fugitive, Moses too could have joined the bandits. He could have become one of the cattle rustlers who will seize other men's cattle and run away with it. So, he didn't join them. He was not one of those shepherds that were hostile to the daughters of Jethro. Moses is not the only young man who fell into this category. Whose misfortune was about being mismanaged by the society. So there are similar examples of young exile that we find in the Bible. I give you Example of Jephthah. Jephthah eventually became the leader of bandits. He became the leader of what? Bandits. As a result of leadership errors. Leaders who were not transgenerational in their style. The elders in the family of Jephthah were not there to see to it that he got justice. When his stepbrother gang up against him. Let's look at Judges 11. I read from verse 1. Now, Jephthah, the Gelidite, was a mighty man of valor. And he was the son of an alot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons. 
and his wife's sons grew up. Now, if you look at this scripture properly, you will discover that except that his mother was an alot. He was actually the firstborn in that family. Hello? And he didn't choose his mother. He didn't choose his father. And Gilead will bear him sons, and his wife's sons grew up. And they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in thy father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Thor. And there were gathered faint men to Jephthah and went out with him. Again, that he did it, that he became a street boy. Was it his own making? Did he throw himself out? Yet, there were elders in that family. So, the big question is this. Where were those elders when this injustice was being meted out to Jephthah? Because to me, whether he deserved inheritance or not was not supposed to be the decision of these young fellows. But any society where elders does not have the skill of leaders or the leaders lack the spirit of elders, such society will be filled with angry and rebellious youths. There must be a balance. A, a society that will be peaceful. A society that will witness development. A society that will witness progress. The elders must have the skill of leaders. And the leaders must have the spirit of the elders. Where that is missing, such a society will be populated with angry and rebellious youths. That was what Jethro will not allow to happen to Moses. But the elders in the, in, in, in the land of Gilead, okay, allow it to happen to Jephthah. No wonder, when eventually they needed the help of Jephthah, he also placed a very big bill on them. I saw you another example. In David and Naba. That David himself became a fugitive, running from one cave to the other. Was it his own making? Not at all. But Nabal mistook him for one of those rebellious youths. You see, if we are going to survey the situation at hand, we must drop that error of generalization. Nabal generalized. He didn't give Moses, I mean David, the opportunity of 
benefit of the doubt that David did not become a street boy by his own volition. First Samuel 25. I read from verse 2. And there was a man in Maha whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great. And he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was sharing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal. And the name of his wife, Abigail. As he was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was childish and evil in his doing. And he was of the house of Caleb. And David had in the wilderness that Nabal did share his sheep. And David sent out ten young men. And David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus I say to him that liveth in prosperity, peace be both to thee, and peace be to thy house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast sharers. Now thy shepherd which were with us, we hurt them not. Neither was there aught missing unto them all the while they were in Canaan. And, and a good tongue deserves another. Ask thy young men, and they will seal thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thy heart. For we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thy hand, unto thy servant, and to thy son David. Listen to me. With all the capacity, the strength, and the endowment that David possessed, as at this time, he has brought down Goliath. Hello? Was he supposed to seek to live a beggarly life? But the system frustrated him. Hello? The system did what? Frustrated him. Is that not the same situation with majority youth today? All you need... To do, to know that they are better than the way you are seeing them on the street is to ask for their resume. And you saw that they have the capacity to do a lot. David of all people now begging for bread. With the intimidating profile that he has. He has been in the wilderness, the winner there. He has been, even when he was, when he was in the palace. And rather than that palace now creates opportunity for him to flourish, the, 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 the palace flushed him out. He's now begging. And Nabal was not sensible enough, okay, to cross-check. He said, David, which David? Is he the one that killed Goliath? And on the account of that, have a good disposition towards him. He just generalized. And when David, the young man, came, they spoke to Nabal according to all the words in the name of David and ceased. And Nabal answered David's servant and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh 
that I have killed for my sharers and give it unto the men whom I have not, I know not whence they did. But unlike Naba, Jethro listened to Moses. Why have you left him out? Go and bring him in. He gave him bread and he gave him accommodation. So he listened to Moses. He accommodated him. Not only that, he trusted him. He did what? He trusted him. How do I know he trusted him? Okay? He handed over his family business to him and then handed over his daughter to him. He trusted him with both his word and daughter, a fugitive that ran away from Egypt. Verse 20 to 22. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that he has left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Sephora, his daughter. Hello, with all your academic certification, do you know your background may hinder you from uh, asking out uh, the daughter of some people for a date? Verse 22. And she bear him a son and call his name Gesson. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. So, what is the lesson here? When young people don't have the ears of the elders, they will follow the crooked counsel of their peers and thereby become more problem to the society. So Jethro did not just give him his daughter to marry. He equally engaged his key in animal husbandry. He handed over his family business to him. Verse 1 of chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Oren. Imagine if Moses were not properly employed. He may not have any other option than to survive as bandit or a hired fighter like Jephthah became a higher fighter. You know, they were hiring Jephthah to fight. Okay? Father, we thank you for how much help we have received again today. We ask, Lord, that as leaders, we will not fail these young ones. I pray for these young ones. Lord, that frustration will not push them into what will eventually destroy their lives. And when they have the right atmosphere to succeed, Lord, I ask that you will grant them the grace to calm down. Hello? To do what? To calm down and embrace all that is needed to fulfill destiny. Thank you, Daddy, for answer prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's close it this way. Touch to your neighbor. Be coming down.
We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number is 08035685882 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.